G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as the principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. We're studying the Gospel of John. We're in chapter 13. We're concluding the Last Supper where Jesus not only washes the disciples' feet, but he also speaks of his own betrayal by one of his own followers, namely Judas Iscariot. But as we continue and conclude John 13, we're going to learn the theme or lesson title, The Father and Son Are Glorified. It's based on John chapter 13, verses 31 to 38. And so with this, John 13, 31 to 38, I'd like to read a couple of verses from this section beginning with verse 34. Jesus speaking, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Powerful words, and so wonderfully put. Now, as a younger Christian, when I read John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you. As far as I was concerned, Jesus was adding an 11th command to the Ten Commandments. And then I thought maybe he wasn't, it's just a a new commandment. And then I heard a respected Bible teacher say exactly the same thing, that John 13, 34 is the 11th commandment. Now, whether it is or isn't, isn't as important as understanding and obeying the command. Because the Christian faith starts, is fueled, and culminates with the love of God. And when we have love for God, as we should, and that we love Him with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength, then the follow-on of that, that we should love our neighbors as ourselves, should be much easier to do. And that having love for God and love for people is the hallmark of a true follower of Jesus. When we see in the culture wars and the political square so much hatred that's conveyed to people who happen to have a different opinion, to me, it's very simple. Who is the master of hatred, of murder, of variance, of troublemaking, of division causing? Of course, it's the devil. Who is the author of life, of love, of peace? Well, that's God. Remember the adage, like father, like son, or like father, like daughter, for that matter. We will be like the father who we follow. So if we're following the devil, we will lie, we will hate, we will abuse, 
we will even murder, at least in our hearts, and have a death wish, which is, of course, absolutely suicidal. However, if we're following God, then we're following life, we're following love, we're following light, we're following peace, love, joy, everything. So we are to be children of the Heavenly Father, as Christ is. We are the adopted children. He's the begotten Son. And our goal is to glorify Him because He's fully worthy of it. We owe Him everything. But when we glorify God, we'll also learn it brings blessing and benefit and healing and life to all. So the new commandment is to love one another as I have loved you. How much did Jesus love? Enough to die for his followers. No greater love has a man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. In fact, love is the hallmark of a follower of Jesus. So we're going to learn in this particular lesson the glory that comes in suffering, that there is mutual glory. For the first time, as far as we know, this Jesus is addressing his followers as little children, even though they are grown men. Then he gives them the 11th commandment, or a new commandment. The disciples are revealed through the love they have. He talks about where he is going. You cannot come, at least not yet. And in addition, he predicts that Peter will betray him or deny him three times. Judas had already gone out to betray. (laughs) Peter is going to deny, even though he denies he will do any such thing. Let's do our reading now from the entire portion of John chapter 13, verses 31 to 38. Our lesson is called, The Father and Son are Glorified. And the reference again is John 13, 31 to 38. Let's listen to the word of God. Therefore, when he was gone out, that's Judas Iscariot, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, Whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. A reading is from John chapter 13, verses 31 to 38, and our lesson is called The Father and Son Are Glorified. That means glory is ascribed unto them, glory surrounds them, glory is their due, their honor, and so on. There is glory in suffering. John thirteen thirty one. Now the Last Supper in the upper room 
had been held. Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve apostles, was revealed to be the traitor of Jesus himself. Yet, amazingly, Judas's identity as traitor still remained concealed. Only Jesus understood that Judas, son of Simon, would be the prophesied traitor. I say prophesied because in the Old Testament, it speaks about the betrayal of Messiah. Now that having received the sop from Jesus, Judas went out into the night and it was dark. In every way, it was dark. It was dark at night. It was dark spiritually. It was dark socially. Everything was dark. And during that intense period of around 18 hours, called the Passion of Christ, from Gethsemane to Calvary and the tomb, Jesus would undergo the most intense form of opposition, of pain, of darkness imaginable. And even during the crucifixion, probably from 12 noon to 3 p.m. when Jesus died, there was a blackout over the land. Now, if that isn't a confirmation of the darkness, I don't know what is. Three-hour blackout. So now it was dark. As Judas left, Jesus makes the remarkable statement, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Earlier, Jesus spoke of his death as glory. John twelve twenty three. With Judas's hasty departure, at Christ's behest no less, the momentum had started for the passion of Christ to begin. His arrest at Gethsemane, the garden, the trial, condemnation, cursed, beatings, rejection, taunting words, crown of thorns, public humiliation, painful crucifixion, and private burial. All of this would be done for the glory of God, the Father, and glory of the Son. In fact, we call this mutual glory. John thirteen, thirty-two. God would be glorified in the Son, and the Father would reciprocate, glorifying the Son in himself. And more, the Father shall quickly glorify the Son. This happened three days after the crucifixion, when Jesus rose from the dead, and forty days after the resurrection, when Jesus ascended into heaven. Those who honor God will be honored in return. Now, despite the horror and shame and pain of the coming cross, Jesus speaks of glory five times in these two verses. What is a curse in the world is a blessing in the economy of God and a blessing to the believers. And then the little children. John thirteen thirty three. Only here does Jesus refer to his followers as little children. This was not meant to be condescending or patronizing. It is meant to highlight their dependence, innocence, and a bit of their immaturity before God. After all, Jesus said, unless you receive the kingdom of God as a little child, you will not enter into it. We receive it with trust, which is part of our faith. We receive it as it is written. We receive it without trying to be analytical. We receive the kingdom by following Jesus with a whole heart at all times. So where Jesus is going, you cannot come. And he's going to talk about this in a moment. But the Lord says he will be with them just a little while longer. Then he will be gone. You shall seek for him 
but you can't go where he is going. Now, to the surviving apostles of Jesus, the 11 that were still in the room, these words were nothing short of grievous. After all, as faithful followers of the Master, they expected to remain with him permanently. Since he was the Messiah, son of David, son of God, they expected to reign with him. Now, he promised them that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in his throne of glory, they shall also sit with him with twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. This is stated in Matthew 19.28 and Luke 22.30. That's amazing. We thought the twelve tribes had all disappeared. Well, apparently they're going to reappear at the regeneration, at the Messianic kingdom, which we often call the thousand-year reign of Christ, the millennium. And so the apostles are going to judge the twelve tribes. But now... Jesus said he was leaving them behind to a destination where they could not follow him, not yet at least. They were perplexed by this announcement of treachery of Judas, and now even more perplexed because Christ says his departure is imminent. He's not going to be with them. But there will be words of comfort. Later on, Jesus would explain his departure was for their benefit. John 16, verse 7. He talks about another comforter was coming their way, and he would be with them not just for a time, but for eternity. He will be with them forever, according to John chapter 14, verse 16. Here then is verse 34, the new commandment. Could this be the 11th of the 12 commandments, as I mentioned earlier? Some think so. If so, it is stated in the affirmative rather than the negative. You shall love one another as I have loved you. And Christ loves to the full. Therefore, we should do likewise. Love one another. This phrase, perhaps, was the one the Apostle John was known for more than any other. In fact, the story goes that when John was an older man, he was in the congregation, he was asked to give a word of encouragement, and he got up, And he stated those three words, the word of encouragement, love one another. He apparently had no other message but that. And it was asked eventually, why do you keep giving the same message? And basically John's reply, so it's reported, was, well, if we could love one another, that would pretty much solve all the problems that we face. So this is important. Disciples revealed. John 13, 35. Real disciples are revealed not by their lip service or even by their impressive works. After all, the devil is a great counterfeiter. No, they are known by the great love they have for each other and for God's church. This also reveals a great love for the Lord himself. So then, as asked the question in John thirteen thirty six, Jesus, where are you going? Peter cannot help himself. He has a need to know. Lord, where are you going? Jesus says that his destination was impossible for Peter to visit, at least for now, but afterward he should follow Jesus. Apparently Peter did follow Jesus to the cross, and he followed Jesus to glory. Now the most likely identity of the place is either the place of suffering, followed by the place of glory, the cross, the crown, and heaven. But then is asked the question, why not now? 
John 13, 37. Anxious and impatient, Peter asks Jesus why he can't follow him now. Then he pronounces, I am willing to lay my life down for your sake. Now, I think Peter probably meant those words, and he was most sincere. However, Jesus gives a very, very curious and seemingly contradictory response in John thirteen thirty-eight. Jesus repeats Peter's words in the form of a question. Will you lay down your life for my sake? Then he says, before the rooster crows, in between 12 midnight and 6 a.m., you will deny me three times. Peter's weakness and denial, coupled by Jesus' grace and restoration, in John 21, are well known to Bible students. Before we become too hard on Peter, let's not forget that all the disciples slept while the Lord was praying at Gethsemane, and all the disciples fled from Jesus at Gethsemane, and I believe that included John himself. They were all tired, they were all weak, they were all afraid, and let's not also forget the passion of Jesus has been the subject of extremely concentrated powers from the forces of darkness. In other words, the darkness, you can almost cut it with a knife. It was that thick when Jesus took on the sins of the world. Would we have acted any differently in the same circumstances if we had been with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? And the answer is no, we probably would have done exactly the same thing. Cut and run. Redemptively, the same Peter who denied Christ in the Gospels, would, in a mere two months later, proclaim him as Christ and Lord to the crowds at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. What a turnaround the difference of the baptism of fullness of the Spirit makes. It gives you power to be global prophetic witnesses for Jesus Christ. So our lesson is called, The Father and the Son are Glorified. And our lesson for life is this. Like Jesus, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.